truck accidents from a trooper's point of view. What are South Carolina highway troopers seeing with the nature and number of trucking accidents on our highways? Let's go to the bench. Legal news, information, and interviews from Collins and Lacey, a leading South Carolina defense firm for construction, workers' comp, hospitality, retail, trucking, professional liability, mediation, government, and ethics matters. The views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect that of Collins and Lacey, its management, or employees. This is The Legal Bench. And welcome to The Legal Bench. I'm Michael Burney, Director of Business Development at Collins & Lacey Law Firm in Columbia, South Carolina. Today, we'll hear about trucking safety and mishaps through the eyes of a South Carolina Highway Patrol officer. With me to introduce our special guest is Claude Prevost. Claude is a shareholder at Collins & Lacey and chair of our Trucking and Transportation Defense Practice Group. Claude, tell us about our guest. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Working with the largest law enforcement agency in the state is Master Trooper David Jones. And he's been with the South Carolina State Troopers uh, for about 16 years and has served as the media relations liaison. Master Trooper David Jones has allowed me to call him Trooper David as part of uh, a courtesy. Trooper David has worked with uh, Troop Region 1, which covers the state capitol, the Midlands area of South Carolina, and he is responsible for community relations and the education of traffic safety. Today we're going to talk about trucking and safety on the roadways in the Midlands and throughout South Carolina. Trooper David, can you just tell us a little about your job, the regions you work in, and the services you provide our state? Yeah, first, uh, you know, it's, it's a pleasure to be here, and I appreciate y'all, y'all bringing this out. Like you said, Trooper David, it's easy for a lot of people to reach out and ask for Trooper David, and it's a lot more well-known than Trooper Jones because there's about 50 Joneses that work with the Department of Public Safety, I think. But, yeah, so for me, I've been a trooper 16 years. Um, Working the road, we see all sorts of things. We may go from traffic enforcement uh, to more of a traffic education role or traffic investigations with collisions and so forth. So the average day of a trooper changes drastically depending on um, what their job duty is and where they're going. Uh, 12-hour shifts, uh, you work uh, on average about 16 days a week, so we, we do get some downtime. Um, but in those 12 hours, there's a lot that can be had in the community that you serve. Can you tell us how you serve the community and help educate uh, with regard to incidents with passenger vehicles and, and commercial vehicles? You know, um, our biggest thing is education because if we can effectively teach a point and have you go back to your family and say, hey, I talked to a trooper, and you can encourage your five family members to make a positive change, then we've effectively done our job without having to use enforcement. So education is a big key. Enforcement is a necessity when you have to. If you see a motorist with no seatbelt, it's easy to stop them and explain that over half of our fatalities had access to seatbelts but made the poor decision not to wear them. And you can explain that, you know, in a collision, you may have three crashes. You have the initial impact, then you have the person hitting the steering wheel, and then internally you have your organs. So what's deadly for us would be the physics behind that of your three-pound heart hitting inside of your chest or your seven-pound brain. And we can explain that to a lot of people. And if we can get them to go back to their family members and encourage them to buckle up because it's going to save their life, 
and out of a thousand fatalities, over 600 had access to seatbelts and didn't wear them, then hopefully we can make a positive change. Um, but again, in, enforcement's part of that process too. And as we see commercial vehicles and more vehicles on our roadway, we know it's more important than ever to get our message across and make sure that the motors are doing the right thing, that your everyday driver going to work or going to school is watching out for the commercial vehicles in that when we talk to these commercial drivers, that they're doing everything they can to, to prepare and make sure they're being safe while they're on the road. What are some things uh, passengers can do besides buckling up to be safe on the roads as they interact with commercial trucks? You know, for us, everybody's in a hurry. We see it day in and day out. And the biggest uh, issue that we have is distracted driving. And it plagues a lot of a lot of vehicles that's on the road. If we were to leave here today and go out and just sit at a red light, we're going to see somebody pull up with a cell phone in their hand. The light's going to turn green. They're probably going to sit there for an extra 20, 30 seconds till the neighbor blows a horn, and they're going to drive off. So we know that distraction plays a huge part. And then, two, uh, when you have, a, say, a two-lane interstate compared to a three-lane, traffic becomes heavily congested. You have more people who's impatient, so they try and zip in and out. They tailgate oftentimes, uh, and they try and get around some of these truckers maybe or some of these larger commercial vehicles and the attempt to, to get to their destination faster. And as we've all seen, typically what happens is we all reach the same destination at the same time eventually uh, without saving much. So we stress the importance of every speed that you increase also increases your chances of being injured in a crash. And the fact of these congested highways, for instance, for us in South Carolina, we have Interstate 26 at Charleston. That's heavily congested. Uh, I-20 is being widened in Lexington County in the Midlands here. Um, but I-20 can become heavily congested at times. And we see people who become impatient, who try to beat some of this traffic, and there's nowhere for them to go. So we preach the message of packing your patience, slowing down, limiting your distractions because all of those play into a big part of our crashes that we see on a daily basis. Trooper David, you just mentioned highway construction. What are some things commercial truckers and, you know, everyday folks can do to be safe as they interact with a construction zone? Yeah, oftentimes in these construction zones, there isn't much room for error. So you don't have very wide medians or pull-off points. So at that point, it's extremely important for not only a trucker, per se, uh, but the motor and public in general to limit their distractions, to reduce their speeds, and to watch out for any hazardous conditions on the road. Oftentimes, for instance, in Lexington, um, a lot of these collisions that we see is uh, because people are following too closely. The speed limit's 45 in most of these construction zones. They're going too fast. They can't see around the tractor trailer in front of them. The tractor trailer slows down for stop traffic. The person behind them doesn't know that they're stopped traffic because they can't see around. They run in the back of these uh, 18-wheelers or these tractor trailers. And that's a common crash that we see. Uh, so we encourage people to slow down, but most importantly, limit their distractions and watch for workers' presence. Throughout the course of these highway reconstructions that, that we see, oftentimes we'll have troopers in place not only for traffic enforcement, but also for safety for the workers that are present. So um, if you speed through a construction zone or you drive distracted, 
just know that typically we're out there in full force and we're, we're watching for that. Your team obviously responds to incidents and accidents. What are some of the things during your investigation, some of the data you're trying to collect when figuring out how an incident happened? You know, I'll walk you through the first steps as, as a trooper who pulls up on scene. And um, I'll refer to maybe a crash that I've investigated personally and go to. For me, the first thing I want to do is make sure everybody's okay. Um, typically, EMS or fire may already be there, but we're going to pull up. We're going to make sure everybody's okay first. And then what other parties are at hand, whether two vehicle or three, we're going to separate those people. We're going to ask what happened, see if there's any witnesses. Uh, oftentimes, with everybody being in a hurry, the witnesses hang out for a minute, but they're often, oftentimes ready to go. So we may try and find a witness to get their information and get them back on the road as quick as possible. But we'll talk to both parties or talk to whoever's involved, get that information, and then go back and look to see if what we've been told, if there's any discrepancies. And 99% of the time, I think both parties are in agreement that uh, Unit 1 was slowing, Unit 2 was unable to stop and struck Unit 1 in the rear. That's how we look at it. That's pretty cut and dry. But oftentimes, it's not that easy. There's a lot of complex uh, issues with with that investigation. So we'll call in our reconstruction experts who will come in. And with vehicles today, with data collectors, um, with video surveillance at businesses or other places, it's, it's easier in 2021 than it was in 2005 when I started um, because you're able to gather a lot of that information where before we didn't have it. So if there is any questions, uh, we go to video surveillance that may be in the area get those data collectors, uh, look at that information that's collected. And, and almost every vehicle now has that. Um, and that helps us tremendously. One thing about the commercial side, a lot of these uh, bigger companies actually have cameras inside the trucks. And some of the owner-operators have cameras that capture a lot of information. So for us, especially in a situation where it's a he said, she said, which would be an improper lane change typically. Uh, we get uh, unit one saying unit two changed lanes and to the side of them. And then you have unit two saying, no, I was maintaining my lane straight. Unit one changed lanes then to the side of me. Without a witness, it's very difficult to see that. But with a camera on a commercial vehicles, the majority of the time we're able to look at that footage and show that that tractor trailer maintained its lane the entire course. And in fact, it didn't change lanes. And it's easy to show that other parties at fault in that. That crash. So uh, we may ask a lot of questions, and uh, it may go into detail, but um, the majority of the time it's a simple black and white collision. It's not too much involved uh, as some of the others. Trooper David, can you give us an example either you've encountered or your team has encountered and how folks acting safely, following the law, wearing a seatbelt, being patient is probably saved a life. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I've, uh, I've stopped motorists, given them tickets for seatbelts, and see them a month later and say, you know, I put my seatbelt on, I was in a crash, and it saved my life. Those, uh, those are stories that we hear. But we've seen the aftermath of collisions where people walk away from them, and you go, my goodness, they... They shouldn't be here today. So we know that 
buckling up, driving at a safe speed, and with the new technology in these vehicles, that their life was saved. Um, for us, though, a lot of the people that we meet probably aren't doing the right thing. We're stopping them because of a violation, or we're stopping them because they're not being safe. The vast majority of drivers are doing the right thing, but here's the deal with traffic safety. It isn't prejudice. It affects us all. And for us, if I was to go into a Chick-fil-A and eat lunch, somebody's going to walk up and say, I appreciate what you do. You deal with some bad people. And I always refer back to that person. I go, well, have you ever been stopped by a trooper? And they're going to tell me their trooper story. And I go, well, are you a bad person? And they go, well, I don't think so. 99% of the people we deal with are good people who make poor decisions. We're not dealing with criminals. We're not dealing with bad people. We're dealing with your mom, your brother, sister, you know, my wife, or my loved ones. Everyday good people who make poor decisions. So um, we know that the vast majority of people is doing the right thing, but when we meet them, unfortunately, they're probably not. And the, the commercial truckers you meet, by and large, are they trying to make the right decisions and be safe? You know, coming from working the road, I don't know over the last 16 years that I've met a trucker that probably didn't take his livelihood and his job serious because at the end of the day, they relied on that driver's license. That was their livelihood. Not only would a violation affect them, but it affects their family, it affects their career. So, you know, the majority of the commercial drivers I met were doing the right thing. They wanted to do the right thing. If there was an issue, it more than likely wasn't intentional. It was probably something that they weren't educated about or didn't know. Uh, but for me, as, as a trooper, we would deal or stop truck drivers or commercial drivers um, for little things. A brake line locked up on their rig and they couldn't move. Or they forgot to hook the lights up to their trailer, so we stopped them to let them know their trailer lights are out. Or we may... They may be speeding coming down a hill, um, but they were scared of a load shift, so they didn't lock on brakes right. We, uh, we're fortunate enough that if there was a major collision involved, that's when we would call our counterparts at STP to come out and do the inspections, uh, who really goes in depth with these truck drivers and talks to them on a daily basis. But for us, with our limited role, uh, I've always been impressed with, with the, you know, the the idea that it was their job, it was their livelihood, and they were going to do what they needed to do to make sure they maintained the law and protected not only uh, their credentials, but made sure they were going to stay employed to take care of themselves and their family. Well, Trooper David, we appreciate your service and your relationship with the community in South Carolina. If folks want to reach out and talk to you, ask you questions, make contact you, what are some good ways to do that? Yeah, the, the best way in today's world with social media on Instagram or on Twitter. You could search Trooper David. And uh, there's a whole host of other troopers around the state of South Carolina that you can reach out to. Also, if um, if you're in South Carolina, you can dial star 47, which is star HP, and ask for Trooper David or Trooper David Jones. They'll send you to my cell phone number or uh, shoot an email over with yours. But really, social media is a, is a platform we use a lot. And it's a lot. It's a it's a safe way for us to uh, interact with 
the people that we serve, not only here in South Carolina, but around the nation. And we keep it pretty open. There's times that midnight people message me on social media asking about a traffic delay. And it's nice to be able to look over at the nightstand, pick up the phone and let them know a route that they could take or go, go around, uh, around that incident. So it builds a relationship with the people we serve and it's a positive one. So we're going to keep on keeping on with that. Well, Trooper David, thank you for your time today. We appreciate your service and uh, stay safe out there. You've been listening to Master Trooper David Jones from the South Carolina Highway Patrol and Collins and Lacey attorney Claude Prevost. For more legal news and information of interest to South Carolina businesses, join us right here for the next episode of The Legal Bench. You've been listening to The Legal Bench from the South Carolina defense firm Collins and Lacey. Learn more at collinsandlacey.com.